Welcome back to a brand new episode of Raise the Apple. Episode 92, I think, overall. We're closing in on 100. And there is a lot to go over over the past week in Major League Baseball. The stove was hot for the New York Mets, for the rest of Major League Baseball. There's just so much to go over, and I prob hopefully do not miss any of it. But there is, let's dive right into it. Let's start with our New York Mets. First of all, before we get into any trades or free agent signings or anything like that, two things that happened with the Mets as players started arriving to camp. First of all, you had Pete Alonso, who says he was in a car accident. Someone ran a red light, T-boned him, his car rolled over three times. Somehow, he's okay. He's not in the hospital or anything like that, thankfully. Thankfully, Pete's okay. He said he'll be fine. He'll be good to go for opening day. He's just a little shaken up by it. Understandably so. Then, there's the news of Jacob deGrom, which Mets fan, some Mets fans have started freaking out over. Mets fans, there's no reason to freak out over Jacob deGrom right now. What is going on is, in Jacob deGrom's contract, he has an opt-out after the 2022 season, which he says... He plans on taking his op or doing his opt out to rework his deal to get what he feels he deserves. Now, the Mets said the same thing pretty much. Steve Cohen said they're going to wait to see how this year plays out and then they're going to talk to DeGrom about reworking his contract. Jacob DeGrom says he's on the same page. He wants to stay a Met, but obviously there is a business side to this. He wants what he's worth. He's the best pitcher in baseball. He should be paid like the best pitcher in baseball, in my opinion. Will Jacob DeGrom be in a new uniform in 2023? Absolutely not. I think the Mets will keep him their top priority no matter what happens this year, whether they fizzle out and lose 100 games or they win 100 games and go on to win the World Series. The top priority of the Mets going into the next offseason will be keeping Jacob DeGrom on their pitching staff. And they will do so. They will give him what he's worth. They will sign him to a long-term deal. But you got to wait and see how this year plays out. I don't see any reason for Mets fans to freak out. Oh my God, we're going to lose Jake, this and that. No. The deal will get done. But it, they both, the Mets and DeGrom, are in agreement that they do not want this to be a distraction throughout the year. So they addressed it now. And that's all they're going to say on it for the rest of the year. And that's all really that... Mets fans should need to hear. Mets fans should feel comfortable that Jacob deGrom is going to stay a Met for life. He's very open and has said publicly he wants to be a Met for life. So any worries that Jake's going to go somewhere else, I don't think there needs to be any. I think a deal will get done, but it's not going to be a distraction throughout the year. Now, speaking of pitching on the New York Mets, the Mets went out and bolstered their pitching. They got themselves a middle-of-the-rotation guy, and they got themselves a bullpen arm. The Mets made a trade to kick off the fire sale in Oakland to get Chris Bassett in exchange for two minor leaguers. This is a fantastic trade for the New York Mets. You get Chris Bassett, who was great last year. He's 12-4, ERA just over 3, you put him in the middle of that rotation, so now you're looking at 
DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, Taiwan Walker, probably Carlos Carrasco is going to be the fifth starter for the Mets. I would assume so. But you also got David Peterson in the mix, Yamamoto. Who else is in there? Tyler McGill. And then there's one more that I'm missing. I believe it's Trevor Williams. Are all options for the rotation. But I would think that Carrasco is going to be the fifth starter, and he is the favorite to be the fifth starter. So you're looking at a rotation of DeGrom, Scherzer, Chris Bassett, Taiwan Walker, Carlos Carrasco. Not necessarily in that order. You know DeGrom and Scherzer are going to be 1-2. Bassett's probably going to be 3. But you could intertwine Walker and Carrasco. It's an all-right-handed rotation, which some people have like, are like, oh, I don't know if I like that. I don't see a problem with that, personally, because I think all five guys are capable of pitching to the level that they've shown before. I think this is the one of, if not the best rotations in baseball, probably a top three or four rotation in all of baseball. When you have the two best pitchers in baseball on the same team, you add a great, great middle of the rotation guy in Bassett, and now you also have Walker, who was great the first half of the year last year. Carlos Carrasco has had a great career. He's just had uh, the cancer treatments that have kept him off the field. This Mets rotation is set in stone. And then they went out and they get Adam Adovino in the bullpen on a one-year deal worth $4 million, basically replaces Familia. So Familia signs a deal with the Phillies. You got a uh, spot in the bullpen you need to fill. They go out and they get Adam Adovino, who has probably the most disgusting slider I've ever seen. He looks like he's throwing wiffle balls. It is basically, uh, signing Adovino is basically replacing Familia, but I think he is an upgrade over Familia slightly. I don't know about you guys, but every time I watch Familia pitch, my heart would be sent all over the place. He'd get himself into a horrible situation, then he'd somehow get himself out of it. Familia just... I love Familia, but he was too stressful for the Mets to justify keeping him. I think Adovino is a great upgrade. They're looking at adding another lefty in the bullpen, whether that be Andrew Chafin or they make a deal with the Brewers to go get Josh Hader, I think are the two favorites. They were also looking at Jake Diekman from the Oakland A's, but he is going to Boston. So having the Mets set where they are pitching standpoint, their offense, Billy Epler said they're pretty much going to stay put. They're not going to do much more with the offense, which means that if the Mets go out and get a lefty reliever, it is going to probably be via trade. If they trade for Hayter, they're probably giving up J.D., Dom, or Jeff McNeil in some way, shape, or form. But as we keep going on this the past couple days, I'm starting to think that none of the three will get traded, even though we all thought that one of the three of them was probably not going to be back this year, which is good. I think having all of them in the lineup is fantastic in case, you know, because you get injuries or if someone just doesn't pan out or doesn't perform up to expectations, then you got guys on the bench that you that are you're confident and you know what you're going to get from them. So overall, this Mets roster is set to go. I love everything about it. Robinson Cano is back. I have mixed feelings on it only because I do not like the quote unquote cheaters in baseball. I do not like guys who have been proven for PED use, still playing in baseball. I think it ruins the integrity of the game. And that goes for a lot of guys. That goes for guys who have also been suspended for it. 
like Starling Marte, or, but a lot of people don't know this, Bartolo Colon also got in trouble for it. Guys like that that have played for the Mets, it's, it's whatever at this point. If Cano could come in and contribute and not ground into a double play every five seconds, I think that the Mets lineup is stacked from top to bottom. Cano, I don't know, though, if the Mets are going to start him. I would think that out of the gate, you got to start McNeil. At least, or maybe you have Cano serve in the DH role and maybe start off with Dom and JD as your first two guys off the bench because you have es- you'll have Escobar at third and you have Pete at first. So having the it's an embarrassment of riches really is what the Mets are at right now, which I think is perfect. What they've been looking for all this time, Mets fans are honestly spoiled right now. And going into 2022, the expectation that I'm seeing is they're going for it all World Series or bust. And there are plenty of other teams, as we've seen in the past couple days, that have the same mindset. So last episode we talked about, I have, I'm looking at going down the list here. We talked about Carlos Rodon going to the Giants. Look at all these moves that we have had. Yusei Kikuchi is going to the Blue Jays. Joe Kelly and Josh Harrison are going to the White Sox. Clayton Kershaw is staying in Texas, as was kind of expect, or staying in L.A., excuse me, Everyone thought he was going to go to Texas, but he's staying in L.A. Angleton Simmons is going to the Cubs. Andrew McCutcheon last night is staying in baseball and going to the Brewers. In my opinion, Andrew McCutcheon still in baseball is great for baseball. He's just one of those guys that, how do you not love Andrew McCutcheon? I want him to stay in baseball forever, if I'm being honest. And then we had some big trades, including a fire sale in, uh, with the Reds. Then Texas made a trade. The Yankees made probably the biggest trade until the Mariners came in yesterday. So let's go through those four trades one by one. The first trade, Sonny Gray is going to the Minnesota Twins. And then the Reds also will do two together. The Reds also, so they traded Sonny Gray to Minnesota. Then they go and they trade Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez to the Mariners in exchange, the Mariners trade, they sent pitcher Justin Dunn, who former Met, for those of you if you remember him, he was part of the Edwin Diaz-Robinson Cano trade, outfielder Jake Fraley, and top pitching prospect Brandon Williams, and a player to be named later. And the Mariners are taking on Eugenio Suarez's massive contract. So overall, the Reds are blowing it up. Why are they blowing it up? I have no idea. They were in position to compete for a wild card spot. They have decided to not do that. They've freed up a lot of cap room, but they have given up a lot of talent. You give up Sonny Gray. You've After losing Trevor Bauer free agency, now you give up Sonny Gray. You trade A. Eugenio Suarez. Then you trade Jesse Winker, the all, your, arguably one of your best players. Luis Castillo is probably next out the door. The Reds are just throwing in the towel. And the Mariners, you got to give props to the Mariners and the Twins. The Twins made some big trades. They did give up their catcher, Mitch Garver. But the Twins are trying to stay relevant in terms of their... I had them, I believe, finishing around the 500 mark. They're trying to stay around there or finish better than that. The Mariners are going for it. The A's are selling off. So the AL West is looking like the Angels, Mariners, and Astros, a three... A three team race 
And when you add two more teams to the playoffs, the Mariners are trying to end the longest postseason drought in professional sports right now. There's a lot of excitement. That outfield is stacked. So you've got Kyle Lewis, Julio Rodriguez is on the way. You've also had Jerry Kelnick in there. you got Mitch Hanniger in there. Now you add Jesse Winker to there. That is a stacked outfield. This Mariners lineup looks amazing. And after everything that happened last year with the comments made about their up-and-coming prospects and manipulating service times and all that kind of stuff, the Mariners are a very going to be a very fun team to watch, in my opinion, going forward. They did lose Yusei Kikuchi, who did sign a deal with the Blue Jays. But I think the Mariners are confident in their farm system, confident in the guys they have now to go make the playoffs. They did just miss the playoffs by, I don't know exactly, I want to say what, like two games maybe, if that, a game that they missed the, that they missed the playoffs by. But this Mariners team, they're going to be fun to watch. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people in how well they do this year. <clears throat> and then you have... The Twins getting Sonny Gray from the Reds, and then the Twins trade Mitch Garver to Texas for Isaiah Kainfalefa, who then, the next big trade, <clears throat> excuse me, you get the Yankees and the Twins. In the middle of the night, I wake up the next morning and I see this. The Yankees get Josh Donaldson and Isaiah Kainfalefa from the Yankees, or for the Yankees, in exchange for Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. Probably one of the biggest trades to happen. Actually, probably if, when I look at the list, probably the biggest trade to go down until the Reds continued their fire sale yesterday with Winker and Suarez. The Yankees, it looks like Cashman's going for home run or bust with adding Donaldson for it. But you get Donaldson at, at third. Isaiah Kainafalefa is a great defensively and has a that's a pretty, not a great bat, but an average bat. So that's a great trade for the Yankees. You do give up Gio Urshela, which Yankees fans were not willing. To, Yankees fans were not liking that. They didn't. They were not a fan of that. And then you give up Gary Sanchez, which is pretty divided. Where the the Yankees were like, or Yankees fans were like, yes, we've given Gary Sanchez enough chances. Finally, he's gone. Kyle Higashioka. Is going to be our catcher, and then you got the other half. You're getting rid of the Kraken. Why? But when you look at the Yankees lineup, you have Donaldson, Glaber Torres, DJ LeMahieu, Luke Voigt. Maybe is your first baseman, or you go and get Freddie Freeman or um, retain Anthony Rizzo. Then in the outfield, you got Gallo, Stanton, and Judge, Aaron Hicks. This is a stacked Yankees lineup. They are going from a very offensive-heavy team. You have Garrett Cole. You have Severino coming back from Tommy John as your one-two punch. It's looking... I As much as I hate the Yankees, and I'm required to hate the Yankees as a Mets fan, and I'm totally okay with that, but the Yankees are a very good team. I do think that the AL East is the best division in baseball right now. I do think the Yankees are going to be a postseason and potentially World Series threat. But I do think I do see other teams as favorites over them. But I do see the Yankees making a lot of noise from an offensive standpoint. It's all a matter of can they stay healthy, and can their pitching step up for them? Because if their pitching can step up for them and they stay healthy, the Yankees are going to be a very very dangerous team. With the addition of Donaldson and kind of Falefa into that lineup, 
it is going to be a fun season in the AL East for sure because you have all four te- four of the five teams in that division are more than capable of competing for a World Series title, in my opinion. But there was so many moves. I hopefully named or got through all of them. But there are so many moves that went on. And it's it's expected to continue. Chris Bryant hasn't signed yet. The Rockies are looking at him. Same with Kyle Schwarber. The Rockies are looking heavy into into Chris Bryant and Kyle Schwarber. Then you have, from the pitching market, any other move is expected to be via trade. And I'm anticipating with the way the Reds have gone so far that before spring training games start, Luis Castillo will be on the move to at some point, excuse me, maybe to the Yankees, maybe to the Mets. Maybe there are other teams that are going to be interested in Luis Castillo. I think the Mets are pretty much done in terms of the starting rotation. I think now, if the Mets are going to do any more moves, they're going to go to the bullpen, maybe get a, and probably get a lefty arm. I think they're going to get either Andrew Chafin or Josh Hader. But we're going to have to see what they end up deciding to do. Steve Cohen is totally okay with spending money right now, which I love. And the league, it seems to be spending a lot of money, to, except if you're the A's or the Reds, then you're tanking after that was just like the big thing with the player negotiations. So there's a lot to cover there. Hopefully I we were able to get through all the big news, all the big names that event that it got new homes or staying put. Oh wait, how could I forget this trade? Perhaps the most I guess if you're a Braves fan, depending how you look at it, the most heartbreaking but exciting trade. The most conflicting trade yesterday. The Oakland A's are sending Matt Olson to the Atlanta Braves, and they got a haul of prospects, including Christian Pache, who's already been in the major leagues. With the Braves acquiring Matt Olson, which is a great get for them. Matt Olson is so underappreciated as how good he is. This pretty much signals the end of the Freddie Freeman era in Atlanta. Which, as a Mets fan myself, I'm stoked because Freddie Freeman is finally out of the NL East, hopefully. And then you, the, he's, he's just been a Mets killer his whole career. Now, knowing Mets fans' luck, Matt Olson's going to turn into that and be a Mets killer. We get rid of Rendon out of the division. We get rid of, hopefully, Freddie Freeman out of the division. Now Matt Olson's going to come in and he's going to be... He's going to be like that. But, yes, in terms of production, Matt Olson is going to be just as good, if not better, than Freddie Freeman. He is a slightly better defender, and he is younger. But when you look at Freddie Freeman, Freddie Freeman's been the face of the Braves franchise for the past decade or so. He's the, In my opinion, he's the Braves' David Wright. He's been the guy for the past decade that's been the face of the team, that's always been there, that's stuck through even when they stunk and when they were at their highest point. He's stuck by the organization no matter what. So for the if I were a Braves fan, I'm excited that I get Matt Olson, but I'm also sad that Freddie Freeman is probably out the door. Alex Anthropolis, the GM of the Braves, talked about it yesterday, got very emotional. Brian Snicker was trying to keep it together. They didn't. It was. It's the business side of baseball. 
sometimes, unfortunately, that happens. If the Braves can somehow make it work to keep Freeman and have him DH and have maybe Freeman and Olsen like split time between first base and DHing, I think that would be good. But I do not see. I think the Dodgers or Yankees are going to end up with Freddie Freeman. Seeing Freddie Freeman not in a Braves uniform is something I'm not looking forward to. But that's unfortunately that's the business side of baseball, and hopefully. Freddie Freeman gets what he deserves if he does not return, assuming he's that stays true and he does not return to Atlanta. His last moment in Atlanta, his last offensive, his last at-bat as a Brave will be a home run in the clinching game of the World Series, and his final defensive play will be catching the final out at first base to clinch the Braves' World Series. That's a pretty good way to go out. And with an MVP under his belt, it's a pretty good way to go out if you're Freddie Freeman from the Braves. He's not done in baseball. By no, he will not be done in baseball, but I do think his time in Atlanta is unfortunately has unfortunately come to an end. But that will bring us that's all the moves that have happened. Now we got two more things to discuss. First of all is the question of the day. So I've been asking you guys on TikTok and I'll start asking on Twitter as well for any questions you guys have, and I'll pick some of the best ones and we'll answer them right here on the next episode. The first one here is on tick or the one for today is from TikTok from at Owen.Badina. I hope I said that right. Owen.Badina on TikTok said, Who do you think the worst team will be in the league? Overall, if we're looking at record wise or in terms and of how their roster is constructed, I think I got to go with the Orioles or the Pirates. I think the Orioles or the Pirates are going to lose 100 plus games, but I think the Pirates are going to be worse because I think the current rosters that are constructed, where the direction they're heading and the minor leaguers they have coming up, I think the Orioles are in a much better spot than the Pirates. You got Cedric Mullins. And Trey Mancini leading the way on your major league, and Ryan Mountcastle leading leading the way on your major league team. You have Adley Rushman, who should be up at some point this year. The Pirates are in a much tougher spot, in my opinion, than the Orioles. So I do think the Orioles will have a better will have a better year than the Pirates. But I think it's between one of those two for who's going to have the worst uh, season in baseball. The Reds, with their fire sale, maybe they're not too far behind, but. That's the answer to that. I think that's going to be the Pirates or the Orioles, but I think the Pirate or the Orioles are in a much better spot than the Orioles are. Or excuse me, the Orioles are in a much better spot than the Pirates are. And then the last thing for today, we're bringing it back. We did it a little bit last year, but now we're going to bring it back again. This day in baseball history. And today we are looking all the way back in 1945, World War end of World War II. With wartime travel restrictions still in effect, the Dodgers opened spring training at Bear Mountain, New York with 15 players in camp. Seven teams, the Browns, Tigers, Reds, Indians, Cubs, Pirates, and White Sox are training in Indiana, the most of any state, and the Red Sox are at Tufts College, excuse me, while the Braves are prepping at the Joy School in Connecticut. I do not think I said that right at all. The World War II era of Major League Baseball was a really interesting one to look at from a history standpoint just because of so many players that went over to serve. And then you had the Negro Leagues going on, so Jackie Robinson era. That was a that's from a history if you're a history person, 
World War II time in baseball, I highly recommend looking into because it is a very interesting time to look at. But that's going to wrap it up for today's episode of Raise the Apple. Make sure you uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, follow down below, all that good stuff. If you have any questions, tag us on Twitter or on TikTok, and we will pick some of the best ones to answer in next week's episode. Hopefully some more moves happen. I wonder if the Mets are done or staying put or if they're going to try and add any more. But thank you guys for tuning in. We are closing on 100 episodes. Hopefully some big things happening on that episode. We will see you guys in the next one. Let's go Mets. Bang, bang, won't stop till we're legend.